Yes, it's the 214th episode of the Mina's House podcast. I mean to say what? Dex Stucky. So we're waiting on Garnett and then Shayna's going to join us a little later. We're all over the place today. Okay. But we have a special guest, hopefully joining us today, D Ray Davis, comedian, actor, all kinds of stuff. Okay. Stand up comic, all of that. Um, he will be joining us later on in the show and Garnett should be joining us shortly in a couple of minutes. So um, what's been going on with you, Dex? I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. And it's been forever since we did our last podcast. Uh, nothing much. Just, you know, just working from home, which like it's weird because I was like, I'm, I'm adamant about working from home, working from home. And now that I'm doing it, I'm a little bored. <laughs> like I'm kind of bored working from home. I want to go. I want I want the option to go into an office if I want to. Well, uh, President Biden wants everybody to go back to work when gas is like six dollars. <laughs> so, are you ready to go back to work this week? Actually, it was like my first time like setting foot in in New York because I have two jobs. I have a, a job at a station in Philly and then my other job is in New York. Mm -hmm. it, it was literally this week, my first time going back to the studios in New York. And I will never forget, it was exactly two years ago in March. Yes. I had interviewed Rich the Kid on a Friday. And then by Monday, the world has shut down. <laughs> what, is, what are we like? This is March 9th. So this weekend was right. the Millennium Tour. I was at the Millennium Tour. Ashanti was there. And, and after that, that very next week, we went to work and they were like, yeah, you guys go home and take your laptops home. We're going to be home for two weeks. And two weeks turned into me not even working there anymore. <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, I mean, people are starting to go back to work and, um, you know, masks are being lifted everywhere in schools all over the country. It just I feel like people are going back to normal. It's crazy. I went to Florida. I was on vacation. I went to Universal Studios and not a one damn person in Florida was wearing a damn mask. Like the people wearing masks like me and my family were like the oddballs. Yes. And no one else had a mask on. That's me in the grocery store. Now, nobody in Philadelphia is wearing masks anymore either. They're like done with them. They've been doing that. Well, hi, y'all. But <laughs> Garnett is joining the pod. <laughs> we all know Florida ain't been off of that, man. Florida is they they they've been rebels of this whole uh <laughs> of this whole nation. They they do their own thing. So shouldn't have been surprised about that. But how how do y'all feel? I haven't worn a mask in like so long outside of me being in an Uber. Really? I wore a mask today. I always wear a mask. I actually had like an anxiety attack yesterday because I'm like, I'm going to try not to do the mask. So I took it off before I walked into the store and I couldn't do it. I put it back on there. I was like, I'm not ready for it yet. It's going to take me some time. Yeah, I'm the same way. I went. So it was International Women's Day this week. Mm -hmm. And I went to like a networking event and like I forgot to put my mask on. And then there was a moment where I was literally like, oh, my God, I'm in a room filled with people and no one got a mask on. Yeah. So I still have those moments where I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm I'm ready for this. Garnet, you haven't worn a mask in two months, huh? <laughs> um, since like COVID was really popping back in like in December when I was going <laughs> to show houses, I was trying to make sure everybody was all right. But yeah, that was the last time I like really was like, you know what? Let me just throw a mask on and make people feel comfortable. But so the million dollar question is, did you ever get COVID? Not that I know of. No, that's and craziness. And I've been tested multiple times. Um, nothing. Been on planes. Uh, I only like truly felt sick one time, and maybe that was it. But it was literally like a twenty-four hour bug. So from what I heard from everybody that experienced it, like it wasn't that. Mm -hmm. right? Having the chills for like one night, and that was like when when we first got shut down, probably about two months into it, like that that kind of happened, but. It was like literally 24 hours. I took some like Mucinex and I was good to go the next day. Dex, did you ever get it? No, I never got it. But I also like didn't leave the house, got vaccinated one mask <laughs> every day. So it's like... And Shana never got it either, right? Yeah. I don't know what Shana. I don't know, I don't know right. Because Shana was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had that shit. I had it. <laughs> it a whole new outlook on uh on life though like not being sick because usually i'm sick at least once a quarter real bad for about two, like mm -hmm. three days and that's been like my entire life since all of this is going down 
I can't remember the last time like I was like sick, sick. Like mm. a few days, let me knock on wood. <laughs> Just to protect myself. But, right, um, you'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, it, I mean, it, you know, definitely uh, gave me a lot more confidence about going out in the world around people that's sick. So I don't know. All right. So let's hop into what's in our feed. There was a big story today about Ryan Coogler, who is the director of Black Panther. He's also done Creed. So he walks into a Bank of America in Atlanta and tries to withdraw $12,000 of his own money. He slides a note to the bank teller because obviously you're not going to yell to all of the Bank of America in Atlanta. Give me $12,000. You want to discreetly ask for your money, right? So he writes it on a piece of paper. The bank teller thinks he's a bank robber because he has his mask on. He has his um, his shades on. You know, it's COVID. This was back in January. So um, calls the cops. The cops arrest him at the Bank of America where he's trying to get $12,000 of his own money. They didn't, I don't understand why they didn't ask for an ID. They didn't ask him to verify his pin. This man is out here making award-winning films, mm-hmm. getting locked up at the Bank of America for trying to withdraw his own money. What are your thoughts on that? You got to find a better way to ask for your own money. You're treating this like a robbery. Don't slide on no. <laughs> <What? laughs> we watch mad movies. This is how it's done. Why are you? <laughs> Don't, it's your money. I understand it may be people around, but come on. Like, what? Like, you, yeah, you probably scaring somebody. Now, was it shown? Was he wearing a mask? Does he have one of them poo shots? He did have a, he had a, he had, he had a, a, he had a mask on because you're supposed to wear a mask. Right. A mask you understand? Well, I mean, he said, did he look like poo shiesty? Yeah, he, he had a poo shiesty mask. Like, come on, bro. Like, oh, but poo shiesty can't have $12,000 in the bank. No, I'm get, just he saying. Can't go, he can't go into the bank with the mask on. Yeah, it's, Man, you got to set yourself up for, for success, not failure. Like, how <laughs> now? One, you had a mask on. You you didn't show ID. If you could go in there with a mask on, knowing that they may say, hey, pull down your mask, show your ID. You know, don't just give them a a, <laughs> a letter, say a note saying, hey, listen, I need 12 grand. Yeah, that, that sounds like a stick up to me. So that went left. I didn't expect that answer at all. <laughs> me neither. But you know what? I don't disagree with it, though. <laughs> But you know, I will say, you know who's the happiest right now? Who? Bank of America. <laughs> Bank of America was like, wait, this happened? And they were like, who did it? And they were like, oh, it's the pregnant black woman. They said, whew, we're going to get in trouble for this one. <laughs> we good. <laughs> if it was a white woman, oh, it's going to be hell to pay. But it's a pregnant black woman, they're not going to do nothing. You good. <laughs> Yo, but my boyfriend had a similar situation where Bank of America was withholding his money, too. I don't know what's going on with Bank of America. Did he write his um, stuff on a piece of paper? And- no. <laughs> No, they closed his account out of nowhere. They shouldn't have closed his account. They closed his account by mistake because he had lost a debit card to another account. So instead of closing the account for the debit card that he lost, they ended up closing all of his accounts. And then when he tried to go get his money, they said, we can't give you your money. They were like, what? Do you know what this is? This is people that work in the Bank of America, but they're working from home. So they're doing the stuff from home. <laughs> That's why Joe said it's time to go back to work. You got to get back in the office because y'all make right. mistakes. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I just think this is crazy. You know, like it just goes to show it doesn't matter how much money you make. People are always going to assume certain things of you if you look a certain way. I mean, what what is it? If he had all Gucci on, would they would have treated him like that? Would they would have locked him up if he had all Louis Vuitton on, all Gucci on and stuff? It's the locking him up part too. Like it's not like he threatened you with an with a gun or anything. He just said, "Hey, can you discreetly give me this money?" Right, and they should have verified who he was. Because even if it was somebody who was a bank robber, I would assume that you wouldn't just flip the switch while they're in there. Maybe you just do what they say, give them the money, and then flip the switch so that you're not putting yourself in danger. This whole thing just feels a little like weird to me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. In other weird news, Cameron Diaz. is saying that she doesn't wash her face. <laughs> she said she washes it twice a month if she's lucky. I don't know what it is with these celebrities not properly cleansing themselves. First, it was the other girl that was saying she don't shower. And now Cameron Diaz don't wipe the coal out her eye first thing in the morning. <laughs> what do you think about this? Is this dirty not to wash your face every day? Garnett, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just would assume. Yeah, you probably should wash your damn face every day. <laughs> Um, I I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, I only see her on TV. I would love to see her in person to see if, if that's really working for her. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
on TV, she seems fine. She has the makeup. I, yeah, I don't really have a real explanation on why you want to do something like that. Uh, so, like, in the shower, you'd be like, like, what are you doing in the shower? Like, what? how are you? She wearing a poo shiesty mask, man. That's what she Everybody got the mask on. Stop wearing masks. We, this, the theme of this podcast is you don't need to wear no mask. Because <laughs> how are you avoiding? You know what, though? If she don't wash her face, I can guarantee you she does not wash her legs and she don't get the back either. She don't wash her back. No, 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 no. It actually begs a different question now that you actually bring that up. How many how many times a week you think she brush her teeth or or take a shower? Right. Yeah, this is or clean her belly button. Damn, Cameron Diaz. <laughs> right. That's Going out real bad. You know what it is? It yeah. has to be some rich people thing where you go and get a facial like twice or three times a week. Because you're Cameron Diaz, like she's she's a model girl. You can't have no blackheads on the side of your nose. Wash your face. <laughs> and why did you tell people that? <laughs> why does anybody reveal any of this? Taylor Swift was saying that she doesn't wash her shower, her legs in the shower. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And then you know, it's crazy. I started asking people like, is that uncommon? Do people do that? And there are people that said, no, I don't do that. And I also, and I don't use soap. I mean, I, I don't use like a, a wash rag or whatever. I, use, I just use soap. And like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it is always good to know what people's hygiene habits are. But sometimes it's like, I start looking at people totally different when I learn their hygiene habits. Yeah. And then when they smell a little bit, you know why exactly. <laughs> you, you ain't scrub right. <laughs> do you wash every day, Garnett? Yes. <laughs> Your face? that. Yeah, of course. I mean, I wash my face when I brush my teeth. You got to like, that's like hand it's like a routine. Yeah, it's, it's like hand to hand. You got to wipe the coal out your eye. I mean, but also my life is different. I don't have $40 million like sitting around in a bank or something like that. Like I can't just get up and go get a facial when I want to. I got to be presentable, baby. And this is how I was raised. I don't know how she was raised. I don't know what new like uh, skin regimen she's going through and she's in shout out to her for that but as far as me and mine yeah we we definitely wash our face this is not new i guess I, the conversation this was a podcast and the conversation was about vanity you know and her being a model you know uh they were having a conversation about vanity and she was like she's not vain at all she's like sometimes i don't even wash my face <laughs> i don't know there's a difference between vanity and cleanliness right that's not the flex you think that it is right <laughs> So I think that's like the conversation, you know, um, about how the, it went down that road. I don't understand it, though. But, you know, different people, dif- different cultures, different people, they do different things. My face is too oily to not wash my face. I'll have five pimples tomorrow. OK, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know how her life is set up. Everybody built a little different <laughs> I'm built <laughs> like that. I got to, you know, do that. I have to make sure that that's happening. If not, then, yeah, it's, it's going to be oily. It's going to be a lot going on. So. I'm looking but, at pictures of her now, and this, I don't know. I never noticed how attractive Cameron Diaz was. Yeah, she's pretty. What do you mean you never noticed? I guess I never really, like, paid attention to her like that. I don't know, I don't know why, but. What? Did you, Garnett? Did you know how, how pretty she is? She's a model. She's very attractive. Yeah, she's, she's very even like in her older age, yeah, she looks yeah. very good. Yeah, she's aged very well. Hold on, let me let me double check and make sure I know who Cameron Diaz is. Oh my goodness, definitely. Is um, yeah, so no, 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 she she was actually like ridiculous in the mask. If y'all remember, the I remember mask. her in the mask, yeah, but I just, I don't, I guess I was paying more attention to the mask than I was to her. This is wow, I wasn't, I was young and paying attention to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, now that you say the mask, that makes me think, how do you not wash your face and put a mask on? <laughs> like you you gonna have Ooh. mad stuff on your nose, like pimples, all kinds of rashes. That's nasty. And you're an actress and a model. So like when they would put makeup on your face, like you would just leave it on there to Hello? Like, what happens? I don't get it. All right. Um, our guest is joining us shortly before he comes on. I definitely want to talk about this. So Nicki Minaj did an interview with Joe Budden. And uh, she was talking about her influence in music and fashion. And she was saying that I deserve to be on the cover of, of U.S. Vogue because of my influence in fashion. And so does little Kim. Nicki Minaj said, said that? Yeah, Nicki Minaj said that. Huh? So she said, when you go on Instagram, you literally see both of their influence on Instagram. 
which I thought was amazing because I hated when they had issues um, with each other. I just think Nikki's kind of like in a new space to me. It seems like since she's been a mom and I'm I'm just loving everything like she's hanging out with Drake, talking about Drake, executive producing her album, saying little Kim needs to be on the cover of U.S. Vogue. I'm just loving where Nikki is mentally right now. And I really love that she shouted out little Kim. I think it's like a step in the direction of reconciliation for them. So Nicki Minaj thinks that her and Lil' Kim should be on the cover of Vogue because people emulate their poses on Instagram? Wait, not together, but like... But just in general. Like, yeah, you, yeah, like you general. should have it because people I don't think are, it's about poses. I think it's about fashion, right? People are wearing the same clothes as you on Instagram. That's why you should do them? I guess her style. Yeah, the style or maybe, you know, the hair. I mean, Lil' Kim definitely set the trend for that. Or the different styles, all the all Fendi. Remember, um, I think I think she should surely make the shade room. Like the shade room should post her for doing that and say she's a, a fashion icon. Vogue. What? <laughs> I think that might be. I don't understand. You don't think Little Kim belongs on the cover of Vogue? Like what? Are, like because of what? The like for me, I mean, I I assume that in fashion, like Vogue is like a really big deal. Like this is like the mecca. Yeah, it's Anna Wintour. Yeah, so like no. <laughs> like we're not doing that. Like, like, look, Kim don't even get invited to the Met Gala. So, like, why are we put on the magazine? Don't do that. Hello, how did you just spin that? <laughs> that, that, that we're talking about the positivity that Nicki Minaj is putting out into the world here. I know, but it's kind of like, like, let's just relax a little bit. I think that you should say, like, we should be respected for our fashion, our influence, and I agree with that. But like, why do you have to say Vogue? Like, why you gotta like? <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, she's. I actually. I like her doubling down on it because she she has a valid point to me. And I think she's using a Kanye approach, which is smart because it worked for him, I believe. When he was when he first got with Kim and he just was like going at the whole industry. She deserves uh, a star on you know mm-hmm. Hollywood Boulevard. You know, she deserves to be on the cover of Vogue. And if I'm not mistaken, did that ever happen? Multiple times. Yeah. And that was my next point. If little Kim and little Kim, if Kim Kardashian can be on the cover of Vogue, why not Nicki Minaj and little Kim? I think if we put it like that and if we say since you lowered the bar and put Kim Kardashian on there, why can't you lower it even more and throw me on there? Like, that's what this gives to me. I don't I don't think it's lower. I just think it changed. It's no longer the same bar. Like she brings up a good point as far as using Instagram and how like their influence you know, the, the the way that they came in the game has actually influenced how we view a lot of the world, whether it be, you know, the hip hop culture or, you know, girls that's just, this is just what they do. But, you know, I, I, I understand where she's coming from and why not? Why not, you know, make a statement like that so you can at least bring attention to the stuff that you want. And, you know, they may be able to set up a conversation and a meeting and see what happens from there. But she's definitely uh, super influential uh, for the women from our generation, yeah. And I, I was just focusing on the fact that Nikki is shouting out Little Kim. I think that's like a step in the right direction, right? I think yeah. so because because I think their feud was unnecessary. There you go, there you go, Dex. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even remember what started it. Do you remember? I, I just remember they just was to take jabs at each other, and then they it just was kind of like it's the fact kind that of, she was a woman. Really? That's what it was. I really think it was the fan bases. That would be an interesting conversation. Like what really started the issue? She's a woman. She's a woman that's coming in the game and kind of like taking the crown. And it happens with men, too, in a sense. Right. But with women, it gets highlighted because it's not a lot of, you know, women uh, like super dominate in the space and that are similar. Usually yeah. women will come in and they'll be different and that's why they're elevating. But it's like, no, she took a page out of her book. She's she's one of, you know, uh, Little Kim's babies, quote unquote. And, you know, she elevated it. And, you know, just like you said, I, I think the fans more so, the yeah. hip hop culture looked at it. It was like, oh, she's trying to be a her. She's trying to be. And yeah, I think I think the fans definitely had a lot to do with it. But I think Nikki made it worse when she started putting those records out and murdering Lil' Kim on those records. She would eat that girl up so badly. I feel like and in no way we ever going to be friends after after hearing that. That's what I'm saying. I think Nikki has really grown. Yes. Seeing a different side of her because from her to go from that to now out of nowhere shouting Kim out. I, I don't, I don't, I haven't read anything. I, I, I don't believe there's been a conversation where they've mended things. So for Nikki to come out of nowhere and be an advocate for her because she has set trends. I think little Kim set the trend so 
so early that the fashion world doesn't even know that she said it because it was set so early. And by like a black woman at the time who they definitely weren't paying attention to. Right. And she definitely didn't have like the mainstream success that Nikki had. So that's why I think that the rest of the world doesn't really know her contribution when little Kim, in fact, did contribute to a lot of the fashion and, and the things that we're seeing now. And she did that back in the nineties and early two thousands and D Ray Davis is joining us. Yay. (laughs) So comedian, actor, producer, and he's connecting to audio. D Ray Davis, who's currently on the No Cap Comedy Tour, is joining us. Welcome. What up? What up? Y'all hear me? Yes. Yes, we do. Finally, man. <laughs> What's going on with you? Where you at in the world? Uh, I'm in LA, man. I'm in the I'm in the studio. I'm be working. What you what you recording? Uh, we doing a little bit of music. Oh, check you out. <laughs> what are you doing? Music, D Ray Davis. Yeah, man, I've always been involved since I was probably eight years old. Um, But comedy took off so fast. And then I had a lot of friends doing I I was watching the struggle within music. And at the time I was I was propelling. I was, you know, I was I was rocket shipping. So um, a lot of things like that I wanted to do, like as far as like being creative, got a little lost. But I'm having fun, man. I'm glad I ain't got no let no heavy labels on my neck and everything like it feels good now is it like rapping or like singing both that's a really nice actually you know it's crazy i um about almost two years ago i had my friend shadow who who was my producing guy i've known for many many years and um i ran back into him on twitter and actually know we fall in this twitter world and it was a beat and i didn't even know that was him i just started rapping to the beat and messing with it i looked it up he's like yo we met like five years ago i was signing this guy so he sent me all these tracks and I'm, I'm, I messed with a few of them, but still my heart wasn't in it because I was still um, competing with acting in my mind and comedy and acting. I always ready to taking up so much time and fatherhood. All you know, of course, that's the the, the thread through the whole fabric of life. Um, but I kept one beat. I wrapped it. I, 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 I did what I do. I did it real fast. I had a good time and um, I held it for a long time. I put it up like on all the streaming services, but I never promoted it because I was like, I'm going to have to. I'm gonna get that. Uh, <laughs> the hell is he doing? <laughs> exactly her question, but in a meaner way, right. in a more black Twitter way. I have so, the ability to ask the questions in a nice way. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm dark. Is that right here? I feel I'm keep. I was keeping myself in the shadows. I like to be dark skinned in my mind. Um, <laughs> I like to think I'm a sexy chocolate man sometimes. Um, but I, I, um, I recorded it, and then all this hype was coming with the. Snowball was coming out, and then Kanye died, and then something else was dropping. And I was like, yo, it's my birthday week, too. Let me see. Because I already, I, I gave Sway a record not too long ago, and he's been playing it for almost five months, but I still even uploaded, I haven't uploaded that song to any wow. streaming service. So he plays it every morning. He's he playing this, this record. I'm not getting nothing from it. And not that money's, but I mean, not even a following. Right. And... They did the put him in a bench or put him in a game. And everybody who calls said put him in a game. But then I'm still thinking I'm D-Ray. Are these fans of D-Ray or they really like the record? Right, right. Yeah, but, but, but sometimes biggest, it doesn't even matter. Look at what happened to Lil Duval. <laughs> true, but Duval, I've been knowing Duval since we were young too. And Duval is, he's an island boy. You know what I'm saying? He's always had some music in him too. So I've, I've heard me and Duval sat in the car for hours while I listened to a song when people weren't listening to him. He caught a good. Future playing his record on top of Snoop being on a record on top of the hype is timing for a lot of stuff. Plus, yeah. the music has to be good. Yeah. I don't yeah. care how who you are, how that it had to make people so, feel some kind of way, which was a great way during the time we needed it at the time too. living my best life. And we all was actually low key broke. <laughs> singing the hell out that song in the house. I, was like, I, I mean, we, we didn't even know it. We didn't even know we were about to be broke. He performed Absolutely. that at my New Year's Eve show that I throw, and we in there partying, thinking 2020 going to be the best year ever, and that <laughs> was it. So, so yeah, man. So Duval had, you know, that was a that's a good groove, and everything's organic with the record. So it felt that way, but this felt better. Like this, this, this vibe right now, it just felt better. And even though it's not one of my best well written records. When I see my my nieces, my nephews, my little cousins who are like 10 and under and the beat is playing and they love it. I'm like, forget what everybody else think. Right. It's about how your spirit is. And this these kids have no bills, no thought, no, nobody's trying to mess up their day. They like this song. So it takes a lot to make a, a Barney, you know, or that vibe that Nelly gave. I'm going down, down. Mm-hmm. Well, we as adults love to hear it. So I made a song like that and it did good. And um, 
Let's hear a bar, this, though. Let's hear a bar. I've been on these records for a while. A bar. One bar? <laughs> One. A bar. <laughs> Hershey's. There go your bar, right? One bar. <laughs> if we can make it on bars, you know, I pitched that, too. I pitched that to uh, Jesse Collins because we do the, we did a BT Awards, the Hip Hop Awards, and all a lot of artists don't. Are you in jail? What is that? It looks like a science prison. working for you fake white people working i like it Good job. Uh, but um we could i pissed it to jesse about the one i said bars we never have like best bars competition like somebody probably make a hit record but it'd be four or six bars that make you be like i can't believe he said that you know right like, do that but um and you put me on the spot right now, but we're making some nice music, man. If there's any way for you to hear a preview or whatever, but we pretty cool. We pretty, it's, it's really nice over here. I know people- That's why I asked for a bar, D-Ray, let me get a bar. I love I love that you keep doing this to me. <laughs> oh my God, what should we pull up? <laughs> pull up something. You can't give me a bar from, from, from the Just top me right now? a bar? Oh my God. Send it to our email. I'm literally, I'm literally in here with, five doing five records at once i'm trying to think in my head of what i would what record you got me embarrassed a little bit i can't lie uh it's okay you don't gotta do it well okay i play it low though so they can hear it though so they could uh get a vibe let them hear let me hear the, let me hear the sound so they, they know it's not the hip the hop the hip to the hip <laughs> because a lot, I, I i'm very prideful so when you say like i don't want to dog my brothers who do comedy as well um and, and, and what I've really, I'm really, I'm really, it's really different. Like, and the vibe I get from it is the same. Like when I play it for people, like at first it's like, I don't know, it's D-Ray. And then it's like, oh shit. So when I got Snoop there saying, I knew I played a lot of good records. He said, you know, everything that you make ain't for you, right, D-Ray? That's when I knew I had a good vibe happening. And everybody's going to come think, out like, they call me D-E-R-A-Y-D-A-B-I. No, no. Ain't no shoulder shimmy in for me. Nah, man. I didn't even go to college. I can't I can't do no kappa moves at all. No shoulder shimmy. No, really, pull it up. Pull up girls in the back real quick. You want to rap or you want me to unmute your rap? Uh, yeah, you can mute it. We didn't, oh, yeah, because we didn't start it. You don't got to do it. I was joking with you. I don't oh, yeah, want to embarrass you or no, anything. You, no, it's not. It's, I'm really, it's really fucking actually good. You want to play it, Sam? Yeah. Can y'all hear that? Hey, Samir. Hey, Samir. Hey, Samir. Hey, Samir. Hey, Samir. That boy got another one. If I ain't fucking love, I'm fucking with a friend. And women love him, cause it ain't no hoe in hand. Nah, uh uh, no way. And it's never been. You can be just like me, even if you watch me. Bitch, I'm going to go back. Yeah, like that. Okay, D Ray, D Ray, D Ray. Hey, bring up that with me for real quick, since we got two seconds left. The one BJ just did. So, my nephew, since he, he's been a phenom since he was young, like people always say, and I really been pushing him through the years and making him work hard. But since he was like three, four, he was just musical. His dad's a, a, a nice producer, a good producer, does a lot of gospel. Um, but he's an incredible writer. So, this is his first time as a grown man out here working with me. So, it's weird. Like, this little nigga was like literally begging for change. <laughs> like, like it is crazy to see them grown. So, it also makes you feel old. Like, should I be in this motherfucker with you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Play the one we just the BJ just did. This Rumble in the jungle. Never forget to stay humble. Body count up in numbers. Fuck em. Are you gonna speak a gun or mumble? Pass me the bag, never fumble. Real nigga never seen me crumble. I came with commas. Don't you play with me, I play with numbers. Save my saving just to save my mama. King of popper, if you play, I pop ya. But people and niggas just don't kill the problem. Gotta find another way to solve them. Ghetto guy, but I can keep it proper. Still remains, I can see the boxes. The life that I live, they do anything to get it. The shoes that I'm in, they do anything just to feel it. Know that I would've, now that you know that I did. Yes. 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 Yes.
wasting my time Explaining what's mine, I stayed on my grind I paid all my fans and my taxes, I'm lying I spend it on bitches and bottles and flying Watching my watches, they one of a kind I don't do no coke, but I stood in white lines I spend it on something that's sexy and shine But I swear on my mama, my mama is fine I'm unstoppable Don't worry like Curry from distance And super boo, shoot like a cobble do In my pocket, they swelling away Land of the lips and the paddles that you pay your taxes out here. I like it. Oh, did you hear the line? No. He said. He said. I stood. He said. I stood in white lines, but I don't do no coke. I love that. <laughs> I, said, I know. I said. I said. I'm paying. I said. I'm paying my tax. Wait. I, I paid my life. I pay all my fines and my taxes. I'm lying. I'm spending on bitches and bottles and flying. <laughs> Hope the IRS don't slow that shit down. <laughs> Use it in court. <laughs> yeah, man. But that's this is this is fun, man. And I think about my days and what I've what I've invested in. A lot of times we do that. We invest in so much of the uh, the celebrations because we 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 didn't get a lot of celebrations growing up, especially as black kids. And if we did get them, it had to be your birthday or something to really celebrate things. So when we got older. We spend all our money celebrating. Like anything we get, any little thing, we're like, you only live. We make up YOLO. We say shit like that. Mm-hmm. But we could take, if we take that same money and we invest in our dreams rather than wait on somebody to pay for them, right. you do good. The fact that I'm in a studio like this, the same studio with you know other people that are doing real well with their labels I'm paying for, it, makes me feel good within itself. It's like, mm-hmm. no matter what, legacy wise, this going to live. And no matter how horrible it is, and although it just happens to be to me good, if I pass and I, I'm gone, it'll be something living longer than just your material. People got to search. It'll be, yo, you know, by the way, he had a little song or some shit, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. If, if, when Bruce Willis died, they're going to pull up his record. <laughs> Jamie Foxx died, they're going to pull up their records. They're going to they have your comedy playing in the clubs. Yeah. So I want to leave a little bit more legacy. Um, and what better thing than my voice, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I write my shit. You know, I don't got no help. There's no, I don't have a nigga in writing for me. And it's artists who are superstars who have people writing their shit. Yeah. rappers superstars yeah. who right. can't put the song together like that so it's fun it's, it's it's all fun collectively to me snowfall this shit wilding out it's a ride man it's a sexy ass surfboard <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I'm it's the only surfing i do i'm a black dude i ain't been no water <laughs> i seen my daughter almost get ate by a shark and i literally left it i was like if this is what god wants <laughs> <laughs> I see. I, look, I pointed. I pointed and said I was in about three feet of water. They was. They were. They were surfing. I pointed and said, "I think I see a shark." And that's the last thing she seen with these fingers. I was headed the other way. Then she got mad at me when she got. Oh, that's, it don't matter. We cool now. That was some years ago in Hawaii, but shouldn't have been the fuck out there. Sorry. If it's in God's will. Yo, man, if, it's, if that's God's will, that. hey, you know, black people, you get hurt. Your mom always said that's what you get, uh-huh. right? So you get bit, that's what you get. <laughs> Ain't nothing like a little shark bite to build character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing like a little nub to remind you to listen to what your daddy said. Look, put a little alcohol on you, be all right. Yeah, I'm, a <laughs> uh, I'm a huge fan, D Ray, by the way. Your stand up comedy, it's not surprising to see you actually doing music. Um, and it, it's good music, by the way. Uh, you, Thank you, you, sound man. Yeah, you, you sound phenomenal over these records, man. Um, you know, I know you knew Kanye early on, you know, being yeah. from Chicago and all of that. Uh, you know, your skits on college dropout is classic to me, man. Like, so Thank that's you, what I say. It's not really like it's you, you always was around it. Uh, can you just speak about, I guess, knowing him early on? You know, how did you even like you was impersonating Bernie Mac? You did a damn good yeah, job. Man. Right? Yes, I didn't know that before. before. I had never did. I had never done an impersonation ever in my life. And it's good I did that because that led to me getting on the boondocks and uh, Black Dynamite, the cartoon, and any yeah. other voiceover work I've done from Jeep commercials. It was all stemmed become because of Kanye's album. Um, I think energy-wise, everybody trying to get it when you first meet. So you have an idea of where you want to be and you want you see people with the same energy. So I knew. No matter what he was going, there's we can go. That wasn't my first time in the car hearing Kanye. When um, the reason I was able to even go get him because I had listened to the world record holders, him, GLC. I had listened to their they mixtapes over and over. And I remember being at the comedy club telling Kanye, come on stage. And he's like, nah, nah, he was shy. Nah, nah, sure. <laughs> I, but I knew the record was super huge because I, I 
champion the record all the time. We went to a club back in the day. I want to say it was Lost Palmas, and we were standing outside, and uh, through the wire came on, and me and Kanye standing outside. I'm like, the fuck? so me being D Ray, how I be? I was like, yo, why are we still outside waiting? You like, we gonna get right away? No, no, no. His song playing right now. <laughs> right. He need to be in there right now. That's how right. he, he need to be in that motherfucker right now. And they let Kanye in and made me stand outside. But it's all right. I, <laughs> I caught the fade out part, but that was a that was a cool moment, man. But I um. No one could think like even even in my wildest dreams, though, as far as him being in status in regards of anything's inflated or not. Uh, the fact you even put on that that plane with those kind of people, the fact that it, they even consider you, the fact that you can even uh, be on Forbes to any capacity is a big deal. So I'm glad that music carried him to be able to do more things he wanted to do. They've always been fashionable kids. All them dudes, man. Him, uh, Don C., even John Monopoly, the way he dressed now, a little off, but Monopoly <laughs> had some style. He had his glasses back in the day. Cootie and Chike, them guys been hustling forever. Do, do you think people from Chicago, do you think you guys get the credit you guys deserve? Like, you know, when people talk about people who influence the industry, like Heavy. music and fashion and stuff, they talk about like New York and, and L.A. I think Philly's getting like a big shout out right now. But do you feel like Chicago gets the same shine or any shine at all these days? I think due to Kanye, and if you got to put, but the messed up part, you have to put a name with the reference of fashion. But Chicago's always had his way of fashion. That we've been overly, uh, we've been in our suit suits before, and uh, <laughs> we the snake skin shoes and everything. I know we had our moments, <laughs> looking like pimps. <laughs> but I think that uh, the way it's, it's transitioned lately, just across the board, the Midwest has always been a melting pot for uh, that, without separating the culture as much. Sort of like New York. It's, it's a cult, you know, they separate the cultures a lot. And then you get to blend, you know, a little bit and, 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 but people grasp on the what's theirs. I think Chicago, we don't really have that. Uh, we share a lot. You know, you just see it happening in the fashion game. You see the, you see the ideas happening and it's not as, uh, not as crazy cutthroat as it is what New York is of, come on, man, billions of dollars are, yeah, their territory. Yeah. Fashion go. And LA is, uh, you know, you got the, the basketball teams were here and the actors were here. You know, Chicago had the gangsters. Organized crime was happening in mm -hmm. Chicago. And those right. guys were getting fitted for suits. So they weren't getting, they wouldn't know, you know, and hip hop originated in New York. So we still was trying to make things our own, which yeah. related to the baggy jeans, the Pelly Pelly coats and stuff like that. Yeah, Pelly so Pelly. About it, but um, <laughs> I don't think that, um, I don't think that we get like completely looked over due to a lot of, you know, a lot of the uh, fashion icons now are starting to just come from everywhere. And Chicago is definitely a place where people go to go to fashion school. Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, Listen, that? I saw you on the uh, we all saw you on the Kanye West documentary, uh, the video and stuff. Do you remember that day? Do you remember him filming that? And did you know yep. you were going to be in his documentary on Netflix? Nope. <laughs> 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 nope. Uh, uh, I think Cootie told me like a couple of days before, he's like, you know, you're in a doc. Well, I was, I was hitting Cootie because I heard a doc was coming out and I knew that I had flown him some places and I knew we had footage. So I was saying, Hey man, um, what's on this doc? Is it any footage you want to discuss with me? Right. Uh, not craziness, but just like, Hey man, <laughs> like on some business side, Hey man, yeah, yeah. I think that's my footage. <laughs> that's just me being me. But, um, Cootie always like from the jump, he went, though I had heard Kanye, Cootie was the reason why I was in the doc. He's the reason why I knew Kanye. Even the footage that I'm talking about now is because I had built built a, a business relationship with Kanye through Cootie. So um, when I seen him again and we ride in the car, one, the music was beyond shocking. Kanye, just to give you a little bit more history, one time I was in Miami, I was getting a uh, deal with Def Squad through Eric Sermon and um, my manager Bernard at the time. And um Everybody heard about this deal. That's how rare deals were from Chicago rappers at the time mm -hmm. on that level to be with a New York um, squad like that. And Eric Sermon had me around him all the time. Those guys, Death Squad, I was so excited. And Kanye heard about it. And I was in Miami and he called me and he rapped on the phone for about 45 minutes. This is why I ever heard what, what he's about to do. He was still producing. He's like, I'm going to do this. He's like, no, well, give me a minute. One more. Let me get it. And I was just <laughs> like, damn. And in my mind at that time, I said, damn, I'm really not prepared. I was like, if this is how niggas got to be rapping. <laughs> <laughs> My bar isn't going to make it. My good <laughs> bar. He won, he won, he won. Like, he won He's way better. He's way more seasoned. He made the beat, too. I'm sitting there like, holy shit. You had a whole concert. That was a whole concert. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but um, 
But it, I think that you still see, you know, I was still excited. It was excited for anybody from Chicago. And I'm happy that I made the doc because it did remind me of um, the grind with seeing everything happening as adults and whatever he's dealing with, with family and whatever we're talking about with issues, whether they be mental or experimental. Um, it's good to see him in that light when he was shined upon by his mom more. And um, there's some people on earth that really need their mamas. You know, there's niggas like me who, you know, I asked my mama for ten dollars for for no money since I was ten years old. You know, maybe nine. I'm just and I'm guessing saying that because I mm-hmm. she ain't got no money. I had to go get it myself. So we didn't have that same bond. But I think that the um, the mothers, although we always say that we need the father, need the fathers. I think a lot of the mothers were super strong and overlooked. And this is one of those times where he didn't overlook it, but we as a people oh. overlooked that he needed a woman. And if you think about how Kim was, she really was family orientated until everything hit off. She really was a family girl, raised with her parents, whether it was a divorce or still fed back into the mm-hmm. natural, what a family's supposed to be. So he cleans and stuff like that. Yeah. In his wild days, he had a he, they had a good time. I think him and Amber were sexy. I think him and everybody was dating as a rapper, as couples. I think they brought stars to each other's shine. You know what I'm saying? But I think Kim is what they put over top and he was able to build a family with it too. It was one of those, and I think that really shifted him to now. Because yeah. you think as a black man, I need a family. And you don't care, you work in your money so you can get your family and spend time with your family. Then you get everything and your family's like, oh, you don't spend enough time. You're like, I've been right, trying right, to right. do this, even with moms and women too. Like, what you talking about? Working on my bachelor. He like, oh, I went to the strip club. You ain't here dancing no more. You ain't cooking. He's like, <laughs> I've been trying to be a lawyer to get your ass out of jail, nigga. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wait, so Dira, you 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 mentioned Kim, and I know you and Kanye are cool. So I just have to ask: Have you ever had Kim's cooking before? I've not. I've probably seen Kim three times <laughs> in my life, and once <laughs> once she's on a, she might because deny remember it, when those pictures came might, out. You know she's not cooking, it. Dexter. You know she's not cooking, Dexter. She might deny yeah, this, but me and her were together on a Southwest flight. I know, Billy. You might have. She might have owned the airline at the time. Maybe <laughs> she knew she's going to marry Kanye. It was Kim Southwest. <laughs> 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 but that's the only time. But um, no, I've never had a food. I wasn't invited to that. I'm sure the food was four hundred dollars a plate, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I wish I would cook some shit for people to talk about. <laughs> I cook good too, but I wish I would post my plate. Your plate ain't supposed to look sexy. We threw this plate. <laughs> ain't nobody there. You ain't got nobody serving the food. Well, Kevin Hart has people serving the food because he's he's small and they have to like. <laughs> Your food ain't supposed to look dry though either, D-Ray. <laughs> some foods you gotta add water. <laughs> even our even our food. Like sometimes add olive day, oil. <laughs> don't act like nobody on here and ran some water over your before you microwave it. You run a little water over it. So you yeah, put, I'll you put a little water on the towel before yeah, I microwave it. it towel. Keep it moist. You wet it, you, you do that, you do that with uh faucet water, then you get your bottle of water out the refrigerator like an idiot. Right. <laughs> You're sitting there eating that tap water. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of what you got going on, too, with Snowfall, man. It's uh, really good seeing you transition, uh, you know, from being a comedian. I know they probably want to put you in a box with that and then transition over to the drama side. And your, 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 uh, your, your character, Peaches, is hilarious, by the way. I think you nailed that. Thank you, man. Yes. Yes, it was absolutely. a, you know, it was a, it was a, um, it was a shock because, not a shock, but it's, 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 it's shocking to see myself be able to stand still. Um, we move so much as comics. On stage, you move around live. We're very animated. We got to paint the picture. We got to be the TV show, be the characters. And on there, once you, you know, I learned from John Singleton and Dave Andron, who's the other producer, who they thought, you know, what is he going to do after John died? And he's carried it well. As far as the story is going, all the characters have been, the the the, the curves are amazing. The arcs are lovely. Um, I'm happy to be able to stand still and I'm happy that people see me acting by the silence rather than me talking. See, if I talk too much, you're going to be like, oh, he's about to be funny and he can fuck this lineup. But if I shut the fuck up and be there <laughs> and embody the moment and learn as I'm watching, as I'm listening, learning from those actors who got all those monologues. Um, and it made me a stronger actor. It helped me. I'm on the shy now. I, I did um, maybe um, working on my fourth episode next week. And they're monologues, you know, I'm talking on there, but I'm also funny on there. And that's a twist. So I'm glad that I was able to watch the work on Snowfall and um, learn something from being there with those guys, Damson, Eamon, 
those dudes are strong, man. Even when Melvin came in for that short stint, he 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 killed that character. He killed Man Boy. You know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to ask you about John Singleton because um I you know I I I spoke to him and Damson E just before the show even launched, before we knew what it was gonna be. Did you get any time with him? Like it or did you can't come in after he passed? Uh did you get like any guidance from him at all? Always. He's been one of my best friends for Years and years when they were going to remake or, or make a sequel to uh, Baby Boy. I was one of his top picks. He the one who taught me how to act. Um, I remember I met Taraji years ago and um, I used to be kind of like cocky. Used to be. I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> and I met her and I walked up to her and I was like, you that girl from Baby Boy. I gave her like this. And she looked at me like, nigga, who the fuck is you? And I was like, just in Hollywood, not knowing how to talk to fucking superstars. And she forgave me. And then John let her know that he was going to read someone for a part of a movie he was doing. I went in and read and I was nervous because it's fucking Taraji. And um, I read the best I can and he made me do it again. But after that, she was like, yo, D-Ray, you could really act. And in fact, she said that. And after that, many times roles have come up where she tried to get me involved from mm-hmm. some Tyler Perry projects and other stuff. So that helped um, a lot. And And just knowing the company that John kept around him. It put me in that light of theirs. They would—they probably would have never seen me with that those glasses that John wore, those thick-ass mm. glasses, if um, John wouldn't have introduced me because of my attitude. You know, John was a, a great filter for me to filter into uh, with these great actors—the Tyrese's, the Taraji's, the people he's worked with, the Terrence Howard's, the Ice Cube, even him calling Mark Wahlberg for me for a project before, and we spent a lot of time together. And before Dam, I read Damson for that. I was already cast. I was cast. I was cast originally as Jerome. What? So I shot the. I shot the first pilot. They did a big launch, all in the trades with me and Lauren London. She played Louis. Oh um, wow! Yeah, if you look up the picture, it'll say now D. Ray Davis and Lauren London cast as those. And then, um, Eamon came in. You know the, that that pilot got scrapped. Or whatever. Eamon came in and did what he do. And there's no way. I could do with the shit he did. <laughs> Yo, he's a beast on that show. He, yeah. he, he yeah. does his thing. I'm gonna tell the world one day when it's all over, but he, he does that. He's he's just great. So that's why I was happy when I came in as Peaches as well. But I've been knowing John for a while. So when he called me, said I got this role, um, and I was mad at him. What the fuck you mean this little role? I want the same money. I, I like, <laughs> aggressive the way D-Ray is. And he was like, Hey, calm down. You're gonna it's gonna be a it's a nice part. And it was off the jump. I was I was comfortable because one. I had learned to hold my own with actors like that. And two, I didn't have to by not having to talk a lot. I just had to shoot motherfuckers. For some reason, I was good at that. Well, I like the evolution like this season. I didn't watch yesterday. It's on my DVR. But I was just saying to my friend earlier, I had had, had an event yesterday. I I was in the studio. I said, same. I don't have no excuse, really. But I was in the studio with no music out. It's cool, girl. But I was like, we were talking about like, what's going on with Peaches? I was like, he can't have COVID. Because it's in the it's COVID. It's like COVID. I'm the first. I'm... <laughs> but I love like the evolution of the character and the, the role that you have in Snowfall. And again, now they have this like whole background thing going on. Like my friend was like, nothing, you know. That's why what's the name sent them home and said, I was like, no, but it's something. I feel it. It's something happening and I can't wait to see. Well, I'm you know what? I I went week to week and and I do this sometimes anyway, even with sometimes movies, I'll, I'll read the whole script, but I'll, I don't, I, I just, I'd rather be surprised. So when they send me a script, I'll be like, nah, I'll wait. I ain't going to even, go, I don't even do the table reads. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's that, it's that on edge for me right now of what's going on. Like I'm literally like, I want to watch it when y'all watch it. Mm-hmm. How fast wanna, you know, do you learn lines? You're not, you're not even practicing. What lines? You see me on what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry. You be having a couple yeah, lines. They've been upgrading you. you. Know, uh, exactly. No, no. I, um, what I do is, uh, uh, as far as the monologues I have on the show, shout out to Lena, too. Lena just put me on that. <laughs> I, um, good. She didn't have me come read because that woman makes me nervous, too. She's a powerhouse. <laughs> um, but I, I, I can't really explain. It's like, a uh, you know, like right before you take the test. <laughs> You read the book. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I'm lying. I, uh, I have to listen to it. I don't want to sound stupid. That's why I want to put this out here. Like, I have to record it and I have to put it in my headphones and I have to listen to it. I don't know what other mm-hmm. actors have to do that. I've never said that in an interview before, but I have to hear me saying it to make sure it sounds like 
something I'd say without drag a word or something, because if I try to say it the way you say it, like there's some words I had audition the other day and I've never said a word like this before. I've never said pecuniary. I've never said that shit in my life. So I had to hear me say it like reading rainbow. And then, um, then I got it, but the lines have to feel like a song. Everything I do has to feel like music, no matter what I'm doing. It has to feel like it's flowing, you know? And that's how I like, like, I love horror and horror has those beats all the time. A good horror has those beats and I want whatever I do, whether it be drama, comedy, to have those same, the same music in my head. So that helps me remember my lines. That that actually makes perfect sense. Cause I mean, we read textbooks and all that stuff. We don't remember that, but we remember a song. We, we yeah, I know. Are you kidding me? Kids know songs before they know the alphabet. For sure. <laughs> right. Which is, which is why they made the alphabet a song. Oh. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, perfect sense. Um, I think it's hilarious, man, because I literally was going to bring this up, too. I really feel like you could have played Jerome. I think Jerome is the most hilarious dude on TV. And that's what it started as, but I, I feel like... His comedy, Eamon, which Eamon's a fucking psychopath, too. I can't wait till you see all these guys be funny. Like, Eamon, uh, Damson, and Damson can sing, too. Ask that nigga to sing when y'all get him. He, 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 I have heard him sing. Sing his ass off. So, he does impersonations, oh, too. He did Kendrick and, and Lamar. He, he tried to sneak it in the per- impersonation. Yep. He tried to sneak it in that shit. Cat yep. <laughs> but he, um, I want to see those. Eamon has this comedy about him that's more firm, and it's it's not reaching where, like I said earlier, we're used to being on stage. I'm used to instant gratification. I say something the audience laughs. I'll tell you a joke. You better laugh. It's give and go where Eamon's delivering this shit and it's internal until we go, Oh, that's some funny shit. Smack your daddy. Like shit like that. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Smack your daddy. And it's tone. I couldn't if You think about it. Me saying that it, it'll sound clowny. Even in my yes, because I laughed when you said it just now. <laughs> yeah, imagine me being that nigga saying, "Smack your daddy, go on here, smack your daddy." Like I couldn't even—I was too embarrassed and too shy to even create a character the way he did with that back then. Like now, I mean, I do it with my comedies. Like I do it from Twenty One Jump Street to The Cleaner to Barbershop. I was even Bar- no Barbershop was terrible, but I created. You think character. so? Yeah, it was, it was my first movie. I didn't know how to act, nigga. I—I I, I wasn't even supposed to come in the shop in Barbershop. I was supposed to lean my head in. I came in the shop so many times, missing my mark. Tim Story just brought the camera back and said, let's just get this nigga coming in. (laughs) He don't understand what the fuck a mark is. He's going to keep coming. He's like, D-Ray, it's okay. And then I was like, what? What am I doing wrong? (laughs) I literally had my daughter on set. I I, I was clowning. I didn't know what acting was. I like, I ain't got no babysitter, nigga. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) I'll be acting like I ain't got no child support in a minute. But... um, I'll say that yeah, it's 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 that it's, it's that Eamon just played it. Eamon had it, and it's it's I wouldn't I wouldn't change it. I would not never change whatever this roller coaster I'm building myself the career because there's a lot of roles I've gotten semi pro um, that I shouldn't have had. That even Peaches, they had some strong guys reading. Regardless of what John's promise to me was, Hollywood don't promise nothing. Right. So I'm great. I was going to ask: was, was there ever a movie that you, like you wanted or you read for that you didn't get, and then like kind of came out, and you're like, "Damn, like I was supposed to be in that." Yeah, all the all the time, <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Um, I thought I was going to play the Rock's role in GI Joe. That's how deep. <laughs> yeah, I just I I um, there's a lot of role, but 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 it's the fifty fifty. There's also some movies that I was supposed to be in. I thought that they were working out. It didn't work out. And I saw the movie like, oh, thank God. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching like, oh, my God. It's, oh, my God. But I've had some films definitely that I felt bad about. I feel like I didn't work harder on or um, or you didn't take it serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the funniest roles I didn't take serious was I read for Avatar. And um, what? Wow! Yeah, they, they, they had this weird ass language that they were talking to, like, oh, whatever they're saying. And mm-hmm. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And that motherfucker Laz Alonzo went in there, and he's a multi-language Italian Spanish Duda speaking ass nigga. He got it. <laughs> he said like, Duda, and I think the role was Tuesday or Tsume, whatever his name was. But he killed that shit. Yeah. And I was like, "That's something I cannot do that God had for him." But I'll go do semi pro. I'll go do Twenty One Jump Street. I'll go do The Fog. I'll go do. You know, those are my roles. They were meant for me. So how high one and two, two. I didn't get, but how high is the point? I didn't get how high um, one. I got uh, I auditioned to play the guy they were smoking with the, but he was he was popping in Hollywood at the time. I auditioned to be their friend who died. Who they uh-huh. smoked. 
and I didn't get it. So that's why uh, I can't think of her name at the moment. Shana Gar. Uh, I was really always funny to her. She called me for part two. She's like, there's no way in the world I'll make part two without calling D-Ray. Wow. So wow. that's how I got to be Big Bang. So you're on the No Cap Comedy Tour. Carlos yes. Miller, uh, DC Young Fly, Little Duval, Michael Blackson, Chico Bean. Out of all of these guys, and obviously yourself, out of all of these guys, who do you enjoy watching their stand-up the most? Oh, wow, man. You know, uh, first of all, y'all welcome for this tour because <laughs> that's me. Because although we have superstars on the phone and on the tour, it's hard to get people together like that. Um, right. Because You're like the one, new kings of comedy, all you guys. Yeah, yeah. One, the promoters break us up so much. And there's these promoters who are others who uh, uh, it's a little bit of it's, it's hard to say because I, I come from promoters. Um, I guess point of view. I promote it since I started. I started comedy. I bought a comedy club early. I've always done shows. I do shows in Chicago. I promote my own shows. I don't need no money. I don't need no AG, no Lab Nation. So this brother named Blake wanted to put this show together. 85 South Show was on another show. Their, their tour got dropped for the promoter. We were putting this together with me and Duval. Duval would only do the tour if I was going for comfortability. Michael Blackson, trust me as a host, he was only going with me because they know I'm going to run the show correctly. And I was able to get those boys on the phone one by one wow. and say, yo, let's get this done. Let's get this done. I'll take a pay cut. We need to get this done because this is something that's crazy. And after I finally talked to DC and he locked it in and, he, and I told him, yo, you you going to close this shit strong? He was like, word, like we, we sat down, get everybody timing down. And that shit's been feeling like heaven. That's All awesome. boys. So it's hard to say because you're really going to a multicultural comedy vibe. Yeah. And I don't mean culture like, I don't mean culture like uh, in, in melanin. I mean, culture, everybody was raised different. Everybody talking different. Of yeah. course, we have similarities as black people that bring us together, that tie it all together. But end of the day, this is one of the biggest tours I've, I would have been on. And I've been on to a Martin who's, arenas as well but it's martin lawrence he is the star this yeah. is giving us a platform for all of us to be the star yeah yeah new edition back together nobody on coke <laughs> i don't know if anybody, everybody shows up. i don't know if anybody did coke back then but i know i'm gonna get a text tomorrow from one person <laughs> maybe one guy's gonna hit me up i don't know which one it's gonna be and maybe i don't know which one it is and they're gonna tell on themselves when they hit me uh-huh <laughs> but no no i'm saying but i don't know and, and it maybe maybe duval do a little coke but no, he, don't joke, don't joke. Uh, he barely started smoking weed um but i love it's a powerhouse man we the avengers no lie we the Avengers. Yeah. It feel good, man. I'm I'm watching these arenas sell out. Philly need to get their tickets now. Philly, get your tickets. We're, We're in Philly. We should come to the show. <laughs> yes, I forgot the damn name of the arena. Whatever the big ass arena is. You're at the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, uh-huh. go to that, no, man. No, no, I think you're at the Leo Chorus Center actually. Okay, go to both of them. <laughs> <laughs> then wherever, but buy a ticket, and if you miss out, you should get that gift. To somebody, I don't know, um, but yeah, the Lee. That sounds more. Familiar to L word. The Leo, yeah, it's the Leo Chorus Center. Yeah, so get y'all tickets. Is 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 Philly's crazy, man? Because it's like one of the biggest ones. I think it's almost ten thousand in there. They gonna come out. That's in North Philly. They gonna come out. Yeah, and it's in North Philly and yes. in North. Anyway, <laughs> them niggas go to their shows. So yeah. <laughs> you getting COVID in there? Whether they, whether they got tickets or not, they show up. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody knows somebody in Philly. <laughs> I'm sorry. So how do, how do you stay out of trouble? Like, you know how like a lot of like celebrities, they stay on like the shade room and stuff like that. And I feel like you haven't been on there in like a very long time. Like, how do you manage to stay out of trouble? Because I feel like people like search for you guys to like put yeah, you man, It's, it's kind of scary. But I think that if you look back, other than power play where I've made, there's not many times where I've, I've talked about something without one sound like I'm defending myself Two, if I didn't believe in it, mm-hmm. it wasn't really funny to me anyway. So some comics just talk and that's how they get themselves in trouble. If it don't come from a real place, there's no way you can defend it. There's no way you can say, this is why I feel like this. Mm-hmm. My, my brother gay. No, you gotta be, it, it, it has to come from a true place. So if you're cracking a joke, you gotta sincerely have people you've been around and you're talking about true experiences. People don't feel as offended because it's a true story. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're in a hospital, and someone dies and you're talking about your friend in the hospital who got out, that person who died in the hospital, th- th- their people can't be offended because you're telling your story. My cousin survived COVID, but you're, right. it's not going to be as funny to you. So, but this still doesn't mean you have to come for me or be upset that I, you don't live the life I live. So 
I think I do a good job walking that line. I can't say, because sometimes trouble come for you. So you saying like, you ain't been in trouble, that shit gets you in trouble. I got a story, so nigga can't <laughs> wait to watch this to say you got a story. But I, I heard you got that, two girlfriends, that's why. Well, that don't care. That wouldn't keep me out of trouble. <laughs> we don't we're not gonna guys. see you running around with no groupies or nothing like that. You got two girlfriends. I think I think that everyone around me is comfortable with the fact that I'm a fly ass nigga and there's gonna be <laughs> girls around. I think there's gonna be women around for the rest of my life. If that could be what it is, I don't my happiness don't re, don't rely on sex. It's about the vibes around me, you know, and then things get sexual with 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 the queens and it, it feels right. It has to feel right. Just like it felt when I met them, just like when I seen them in the club and your heart skipped the beat for that moment, that got to feel the same. Other than that, the friendship is the only lock. That's the thing that keep us, us dope around here. That's the thing that keep, I think even my exes, other than a couple of them I can think about, and that's because of they new nigga that they can't talk to me. But for the most part, if we had rough times, we had arguments, we realized we were young and we we're growing through things. Everybody don't know everything. Relationships don't last as long. The internet has a big uh, effect on relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you don't sit around and discuss these things, you're going to hear them from other places and that's going to make you uncomfortable. Right. So why if I got girls all in the studio, don't I call my girls first and be like, yo, there's some girls in here. So when they come, no one's surprised. No one's upset. Mm -hmm. um, if they got an ex coming in town, like, yo, dude might be at this club. Let me know. Let me be in the vicinity. Let me get a fake smile on my face. I don't care how <laughs> tall, handsome the nigga is. Let me, let me get, be in my bag as the king for the moment. You know what I'm saying? I think it's about conversations and financial, too. If you broke, let a motherfucker know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's not going to work, D-Ray. Most relationships end because of financial situations. <laughs> but if you tell someone up front, I'm broke, you're not going to hey, be in that relationship. Why not? If they, they might be like, we both broke. Let's hustle. Or what What are you working toward to get to a right. place? I like you for how you are right now. I know I'm going to like you even better once you get the bread. But we don't do that. But yeah, I'm very situated at the crib. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a shot out player, man. Nah, I ain't no player. I got six sisters. I just know better. <laughs> he don't need to be a player. He got two women. He calls them when other women are in the studio. You yeah, have the man, life okay, right now. Hey, man, I'm the one. I'm the one being used over here. Okay. <laughs> D-Ray, thank you so much, man. I appreciate y'all. You, you're in the studio and you gave us so much time. Thank Dope, you for man. playing That's your music. I ain't rapping about nothing. I ain't talking about shit. I'm just old. You want to do something? No, I'm playing. No, <laughs> no yeah, yeah. I appreciate y'all. We man. really appreciate you. We're going to watch you on The Shy, on Snowfall, the No Cap Comedy Tour, and all the other stuff that you're working on as well. Yeah, I see y'all, man. Y'all get y'all tickets. Let me know if y'all don't get none. I know somebody that's selling them. All right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> y'all are good. Y'all on the list. Okay, I'm gonna hit, right. hit y'all up for that. I'm serious. Right. I'm saying, man, hit me soon. No, no, no. I know you. You you like to wait till March 18th. <laughs> Day of show. Oh, we out, come on, come on, so we outside. Nice. We outside. <laughs> right. No, what the hell? <laughs> Remember you said you them kind of tickets. Remember you said <laughs> right. All right, I'm gonna hit you soon. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. You, oh, the name of my group is Super Boots. By the way. <laughs> Super Boots. Super Boots. Super Boots. S O O P A B O O T S. My nickname Boots, and I've been doing some super things lately. So Super Boots. So, <laughs> Bye, right, Super Boots. Thank you. All right, y'all. <laughs> D Ray Davis, ladies and gentlemen, musician, comedian, actor, producer, funny guy. And now very situated. Yes. <laughs> you heard him. Very situated. That's a new one. Mm -hmm. He was fun. Yeah, I did not know that Avatar thing blew me away. He read for Avatar. Oh, that's like, I, like Avatar. We know how huge not only the movie was, still is. Yeah, like when you go to the different thing, like that's just like that. Really, is a mind blowing moment. Mm -hmm. Like I think we all were like, right. <laughs> I mean, he had a positive outlook on. It. He said, you know, I did this, I did this, I did this, but like Jesus, you got to be looking at it like God. 
<laughs> yeah, but you saw how he looked at it. He said it wasn't for me. The person who mm-hmm. came in, mm-hmm. he felt comfortable doing the lines and, you know, reading it in different languages. So he understood, OK, this is a great part, but it just wasn't for me. All you can do is show up and do your best. Right. Right. Yeah. If you don't get it, you don't get it. You got to be like, OK, that wasn't for me. I'm going to go over here and do snowfall. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the, your opportunities will line up for you, depending on where you're supposed to be. Right. I, I was super like I really was like when I heard that Jerome line, it's like that makes sense. Like it makes sense that at least he was picked for. I, I'm happy he wasn't the actual you know person playing the Jerome character because it gives him you know something else in his um what do you call it portfolio. Mm-hmm. He uh, I, I like him as being Peaches. But that makes sense. Like he he could definitely play that role. But he's also right. That may change the feel of the show. Mm-hmm. He's actually funny. Like right, and we're going to expect that. Exactly. But like Jerome is the funniest dude on TV to me. Like, <laughs> but he's that. Like he said, it's the delivery. He's the funny. Like he's not trying to be funny. He's just funny in these like serious situations with D-Ray. We would have been expecting like, oh, I'm just supposed to laugh. Yes. So he would have gave some of those serious lives and we'd be like, OK, that's I don't get it. Why are you trying to do it? Yeah. So y'all really knew that that was him on Kanye? Because I'm like, when you said it, I'm like, so it's just me that thought that was. Oh, actually no, no, well, no, no, no. At the at the time. Right. I mean, I'm younger. So at the time, I'm like, like, kind of like. I don't know who it is, but it's not Bernie Mac because I mean, that yes, Bernie that's Mac exactly it. Passed away at the time, but like the cat got out the bag later on. Whereas like, I didn't know this oh, until six days ago. I learned this six well, days I ago because I, I, I used to be a Kanye stand stand. Yeah, you, and you know when you had a CD and you open uh-huh. up the book. It'll tell you on a little credit thing. <laughs> yeah, I was the same thing, Garnett. I knew it wasn't Bernie Mac. I just didn't know who it was, you know. But he did a damn good job, though, didn't he? He did. So. Yeah. Kanye. <laughs> 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 All right, y'all. Thank you for listening and watching the 214th episode of the Mina's House podcast. Thank you to D-Ray Davis. I mean to say what? I'm Shayna B. Garnett Briscoe. Dex Stucky. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week.